friends, it's really good to be with you again on, on the podcast, and today we have a great blessing with Mike Hay. I'm sitting in a community centre here in South Australia, uh, in the suburb of Salisbury, North Adelaide, and this is a really a multicultural hub, a melting pot of the nations that, that is uh, living here, a great mission field, and Mike is from Operation Mobilization. I'll get him to share his story uh, soon, but he um, he he has uh, placed himself deliberately in this region to be a minister of the gospel. But uh, he comes from a movement mindset. He comes from a disciple making mindset, and we see some clear links from uh, India to to then back here. He's also been involved in international leadership with OM. And uh, he's a, as a mature practitioner, uh, a man who I see is full of wisdom, and I'm sure you're going to be blessed. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Great to, great to uh, connect with you in this melting pot. Um, tell us a bit about you and, uh, and your history, your past. Well, I'm married to Anne, mm. and I was born in England, Yorkshire. She was born in Grenada in the Caribbean. Wow. Three daughters, six grandkids. Uh, keep us busy with fullness and joy. Uh, and we both went to India with OM she, uh, wow. in the 70s. Uh, spent many years being discipled and then learning to make disciples, making a lot of mistakes and didn't see a lot of fruit. Uh, left India and then suddenly things happened in India and the movements were happening, but we didn't see it. <laughs> we know that story. <laughs> you know well, that yes. story, so I didn't need to tell that story. Yeah. Came back to Adelaide, uh, still with OM as a catalyst, worked with university students and helped to... Our heart is the least reached. People have never heard the empty field. Uh, so we just want whoever they were, however they got there, we wanted them to go. It doesn't matter how they did it. And that was our, our sort of a mission here. We did that for a while. Then OM invited us to go on to the ships. We said, no, no way. We're going back to India, not to the ships. Uh, how, what, what difference can we make on the ships? And they said, well, you can be a catalyst. And so I had a little prayer on the ship. I became the director of the ship Dulos, spent 10 years with the ship ministry. And the prayer was one in seven of these people will be a disciple maker among the least reached Muslims of the world. And just to be present. And that kept me going. And, we, and now we get letters from people who... We've gone on that journey, not necessarily in a mission, but in the marketplace and the wanting to live that out. And so now we, we worked with OM people in Asia for a while, about another 10 years. It seems like I'm old. Um, <laughs> and uh, we were again wanting to infuse into the mission this sense of uh, seeing organic discipleship happening everywhere. Um, and multiplying everywhere, uh, people following Jesus. And, and I guess at the heart level of all of that is, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. Helping people to learn to hear Jesus, to know that they're known by him and loved by the Father. The Spirit is with them, the Holy Spirit, and they can follow to help somebody else to hear Jesus, be known by Jesus, and then follow Jesus. And then to start to do that in groups and teams and so forth. Uh, so currently we're living in South Australia. I, I help coach and mentor people in other countries. But my main thing and Anne's main thing is just be here. Uh, this is a city that God loves. Take Playford, Salisbury. Playford's got 60 nations. Salisbury's got, got many more. 
we want to be present in community uh, to see what God is doing and catch up with him and help others to do that. So I guess you call us catalysts, uh, friends, disciple makers, uh, disciples, learners, ragamuffin strugglers walking (laughs) with Jesus, sort of uh, in a real world of, you know, we are broken, the people around us are broken, but there's beauty in Jesus. Let's draw close to him together. That's sort of our... Wow. Wonderful, heart, wonderful. Life. Yeah. And uh, you carry, carry with you a great deposit of, of the things that God has taught you over the years and, and in movements. And take us back into the India where, where you're talking really uh, in the, the genesis or the embryonic starts of many movements happening up there in the North India. Um, you, had, you had association with Victor John and, and the Bajpuri movement that emerged out of there. Tell us a little bit of, of, of that. So our part in that story, we were on an, I was on an OM team of Indian men. My leader was Indian, and we were going from village to village, sowing seed, giving New Testaments, giving Bibles, blasting the gospel on the streets. Everybody's looking at us, totally confused. Very no fruit, really, very little fruit, a little bit of fruit. Uh, some connected with a Bible correspondence course, became secret groups, and all that, but it's a trickle. Uh, and Victor John was uh, one of our leaders, he's one of our teachers and a friend. Uh, and we we then uh, left India, Victor stayed, and I, I think his story, I just talked to him a couple of weeks ago, uh, are so encouraging that he again was trying to do church planting with buildings, get people in the building, didn't work. And just listening into his story of how they learned to be on the street praying, praying for the sick, inviting people to read God's word. Uh, and then this little question, I think it's what he said to me, that was tipping point when they told people, who can you share this with? He said that's where the oikos and the sense of group to group multiplication yeah. was happening. And, and then it was exponential. It's not just thousands, but millions. And so many others, part of it, Dave Watson and many other people, part of that but you've just got to say that's the Holy Spirit Uh, but that's also someone stepping outside of an old way of doing it and saying Lord we're desperate we're frustrated it's not working we're listening to you we're crying out to you but we're believing for the impossible and I think that's uh, the night that that, they did it that happened after me we were the just the ones that in the trenches you know (laughs) nights of prayer and fasting and all that (laughs) like me we have the privilege of uh, bumping up the ed- again on the edges of what God is doing, edge of greatness, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, and um, and how fantastic that is with um, that story. Uh, for those who are listening, you might remember that we uh, did a podcast with Dave Cole, who wrote the book with Victor John on the Bajpuri breakthrough, and that was a, a really great podcast. You might want to go back a number of podcasts and and have have a listen to Dave as he shares on that it was fantastic as god began to move in north india in in numerous movements and in uh breakthroughs um it was a, a season and a time and and from there jumping back into somewhere like south australia um uh what are some of the big um challenges that you see in our context and our, our situation here uh, the church has, has locked the light inside the building wow uh, and there's a hunger to taste something good outside those buildings. 
but when the church goes outside at work, they're still in the salt shaker and a bit intimidated about what's happening in the world around them. And it doesn't need to be like that. And love can break that cycle. I've always had the thought that if the church, if we are turned inside out with God's love, and that's a fire burning in our heart, then where's the fear? And of course, you need discernment with that love. Let's step out and be the church and be present from Monday through to Sunday. Uh, and let's find others that we do that with and let's walk together. And so my simple advice, like I talked to one Singaporean lady, I said, what do you do? She said, I'm, I'm in finance. How do you feel? Well, I feel like a, sh- a lamb living amongst sharks. Oh, okay. Is there any other lambs where you are? She said, yes. I said, have you ever prayed together? She said, no. I, I said, why don't you ask the other lamb if you pray together? She said, okay. And then you write back to me and tell me what happens. Pray for the sharks. You know, this, this high-powered financial world. She wrote back and said, Mike, we prayed together and our attitude changed. We two lambs discovered that Jesus is the Lion of Judah. He's with us. And we're discovering that we're, we're building relationships that we hadn't done before. Our attitude changed. Very simple. Wow. That's awesome. Interesting that the first thing you said is, as you observe our context here, the light is locked up in the in the buildings, in the churches, and it needs to be turned inside out. And uh, so, so ministers of the gospel are not just doorkeepers at the house, at the building of the church to keep people inside the church and, and light. But they need, we, and ministers of the gospel is everyone who follows Jesus, we are gatekeepers to the whole city. And we open to the gates of the river of God's presence everywhere we walk. If we do it alone, it's not good. But you find that one other lamb, and, or two other or three or four, you start walking together, you have huge impact in, in what can happen in a city in drawing people to be followers of Jesus. I'm hearing team building, I'm hearing um, togetherness, I'm hearing prayer and, and intimacy with God uh, together as we start to uh, seek God together for our city? Probably three basics in the church language would be pray, bless, and make disciples. Pray because it, it is all about abiding and belonging and being community in the presence of God. Bless because we're designed to bless, to love our neighbors, to love our city, to love our families and our friends, and those who are not our friends. But then disciple, because we are on a quest to see everyone turning from darkness and to turn and to learn to follow Jesus in their context. So they can pray and belong, they can bless, and they can be on a quest. If you notice, that means barbecue, (laughs) (laughs) show hospitality, (laughs) build relationships, be community. Just fantastic. Pray, bless, disciple. And um, as we we start to get together... um, I, I know from all I hear and what I've heard from you that you're not a, a, just a dreamer. You're actually a doer, a dreamer and a doer. Yeah, I'm a walker. <laughs> so, uh, and my creative mind says the language of walk is so strong in the Bible. Abraham told by God, walk with me and be blameless. Walk in love, walk in the light. So put what I just said in, in those words you got to walk with Jesus. 
got to walk with a friend of Jesus or more. And then together you've got to work out how he wants you to walk in your sphere, of your neighborhood, your marketplace, wherever that might be. Yeah, yeah that's great. So that's just great. do it. Yeah. And uh, if you're not doing it, don't tell others to do it. You know, the ship, interesting, I was leading the ship community for a while, and we had a little motto, say what you do and do what you say. Yeah. That's a disciple-making movement motto. Yeah. It's obedience-based, say what you do and do what you say. As simple as that. that. That's a marine terminology yeah. <laughs> to make sure you can look after a ship and keep people safe and get to your destination. That's great. Tell us about some of the stories that and what you're doing here in, in uh, the north of Adelaide. So this sense of walking, and I don't call it prayer walking, although I understand this, nor do I call it prayer evangelism, though I understand that's actually what's happening. But it's about being present in a place where God has placed you and has put on your heart with at least one other person. So be at home. So I, 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 I walk outside my door this morning and I pray Psalm 67. Be gracious to us. Who's that? Everybody on this street and in this neighborhood, in this city. Bless us. Who's that? Everyone here. Shine your face on us. It's everybody here. That your name be mentioned. known. So walk out. So I do this. Call a friend. So a few years ago, Dave and I, a friend, we, he's one story. We're, we're walking. We see this land that has been sold. So I took a picture of one allotment that had been sold that we prayed for. And we asked not just that there'd be people of peace, but there'd be peacemakers. And the difference is the peacemaker is a person of peace who wants to really get out and tell others about Jesus. The houses were built. That was the first house occupied. So Anne and I go up, turned up. This is months later. So go think of a river of God's presence rising as you walk. You know, it just doesn't happen overnight necessarily, but pay attention to your neighborhood. So knock on space, give a gift. Ryan took it. His parents came home. They're from Fiji. Weiss is still a, is still a Hindu. Husbands come from Hinduism to Christianity. They invite us into their home. We start to open the word. Uh, one day we're doing a little discovery Bible study uh, uh, on Acts 8 about Philip and the Ethiopian. And, and then the wife of the Fijian says, uh, what stops me from being baptized? And uh, we haven't even led her to Jesus yet. She's just been part of the Bible study. And then he's an Uber driver, goes around to sit, and he sees his Uber as his little chapel. And he, he shares Jesus wherever he goes. And it's just... Another day, we're walking down a, a road of another friend, a young guy, 18, and we see a house, another house, has been sold, and the rainbow came over this house. So we felt, well, Jesus, we better stop and pause, and we prayed for this house, so we blessed the house. And um, three months later, we had no idea at that time who bought it. Three months later, I get a phone call from a Burmese pastor who's into the house church movement, and he said, Mike, I've got a friend in my church, who's married an Australian, and the Australian had just come to faith because he was at work and he beat a couple of guys up. He went home, cried out to God for forgiveness, sort of met Jesus, discovered the guys he beat up were Christians and they forgave him. And he said, um, Mike, could you come and help me disciple this guy? I said, okay. He sent me the address and uh, it was the same address we'd prayed for that had been sold. So this told me, Holy Spirit is at work in this city and doing far more. We've just got to be there and be present and be ready, be connected. And so I've got these three things. As I, every day I think this, be attentive to God. It's abiding, it's belonging. 
together with at least one other person, be receptive to his word. What is he sending us to do that we can obey today? And then thirdly, get out and be intentional to follow those instructions. Yeah. Just be there. Just as simple as that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Every time our, uh, uh, we jump out of bed, we put our feet on the floor. We say, today, Lord. Today, Lord. Whatever you have. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But being that attentiveness to what God is doing and the expectation, um, uh, Colin and I often pray, Lord, connect us with the right people today. That, that where you where you want and take us by surprise. Just push us into that place. And he does it. Yeah, so good. And uh, we just did this the other day and and um, ended up in a house full of Sikhs and and sharing about prayer and fasting and and uh, this is just uh, two days ago in the north of Adelaide here and just. Um, Wow, it was just brilliant. And we, we drove home tired and bleary-eyed about 11.30 after being in the harvest and, and um, not just connecting with one stream, but there was a few streams of, of Sikhs there. And we're going, Lord, we, we prayed this morning and you did it. And we, we suddenly find ourselves connecting, immersed where you're working. And there was real spiritual hunger talking about Jesus and how he prayed and he connected with God and... Yeah, so good, so good. Um, I know you you are training and multiplying. Um, uh, you might not use that language, but uh, you're pouring into others um, and encouraging others into that um, engagement with God and engagement with the harvest. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, how how that works for you. How do you multiply? what you do into the life of others. Well, this journey is not like a linear progression. This prayer blessing on a quest to make discipleship, it's, it's, it's all happening. So I'm constantly thinking that helping people to see that as they meet people, that, that, they, that we are inviting people to become disciple makers. Uh, always thinking that you're inviting people to do what you so so I have this you know this way of thinking we've got to walk ahead model some of what you're doing walk alongside that's your assist uh, walk behind that's your watch uh, walk away that's your leave so you can go and do it with someone else so you you it doesn't it's not all about you it's about Jesus and all you're doing is pointing people to Jesus and, and so a disciple maker is someone who points people to Jesus. So here's an example of another story, for instance. We, I'm walking with a guy from Fiji, another Fijian. We said, today we're just going to be very specific and pray for 20 homes. Walk around the block, stop at every home and pray for them. Very slow. The second last home, a guy walks out and he's from Fiji. The two guy rec- guys recognize each other. Didn't know where one other lived. We ended up in this home, started the Discovery Bible Study. One day there was a cleaner coming. So we did it in the park. The kids in the park joined us. The talk to their family said, yeah, they can come and join you. So last Sunday in the park, and a couple joined who we'd met in another Hindu home, but they're Australians. And they said, Mike, we just want to come and see what happened. We want to learn about Jesus. So we're sitting in the park. We just opened a little story about Jesus. And then a young guy comes up and he's 13. What are you doing? We're learning about Jesus. I'd love to learn about Jesus. Well, take a seat. And so, but my role there is to be doing this. And this person who wants to learn about Jesus begins to follow Jesus. And he said, I want to go and share this with my friends. Mm. 
And that, to me, is what I'm always looking for. It's that heart to... Multiply. Yeah. Going back to that Victor John statement. Yeah. Who will you share with? Who you share this with. Yeah. Uh, or who will you read the Bible with this week? So, so I, but one of the things I do do practically is I, I got personally, I worked at the Bible Society just as an individual and got $1,000. So I've been buying Bibles. And I don't just give them away randomly. I give it to a person. I said, I'm giving you this Bible if you promise to read this with somebody else. Right. Or if you promise to give this Bible to someone else and invite them to read it with you. So then I'm getting all these stories back of people who are reading the Bible with their friends. And then coming, Mike, we need some help in how we read it. Where do we start? What do we do? I said, keep it simple. Go through the stories of Jesus or, or go and connect to the online material and, and get something and download it and follow that pattern. Yeah. But take the Bible, something tangible. It's precious, most valuable book in your life. Pray that God will show you someone you can give it as a gift. There's your gift. Don't wait for them to ask you the question. You ask them, would you like help in reading it? Mm. Of course they're going to say yes. Mm. And somebody might say, no, I'm not ready to receive a Bible. That's okay. Mm. You're looking for the person of peace. You're looking for that hungry person, hungry person that soil that's already ready. Wow. Uh, and you're sowing that seed and let God do. So we've got a discovery Bible study in our home. And a friend took the Bible, took it to Fiji, to his Hindu friends, and he gave it to them. Now they want to come and join our Bible study online. And I'm saying yes for a little time because we want them to do it there among their people. But we can model it for them. Yeah. We can walk with them for a little. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, you know, as we sit with um, people... You're talking about getting involved. Uh, they're, they're often feeling really stuck in how do I get out and reach people? How do I connect? What's, what's the shift that has to happen in somebody to be able to jump into those spiritual conversations with people? Um, what's got to go on in them that they're starting to have natural and real conversations around them uh, for for connection in the harvest, I think it's a very good point because time is important, right? Uh, and being present, but start simple. Uh, I was in the park on Sunday, and here's this guy and a woman that were on a swing, and as I'd driven to the park, I'd noticed them. So pay attention. They're walking down the street. What did I do? I said, Father, what's a prayer? I bless them. Mm. with good health I didn't know what their needs were I park I'm setting up the barbecue and they're sitting there and I, they said I walked over to them I, and what, what's the next step say hi mm. simply oh hi they said what are you doing and we're having a barbecue we're going to have a little study about Jesus wow that's interesting we actually are Christians mm. oh, oh that's great uh, would you join us no because my friend here she's got a bad heart oh and we've got to walk back Oh, would you mind if I pray for you? Mm. We'd love that. So just pray a little prayer. What I'm saying here is be present. Mm. Say hi. Or my friend who works with the homeless and seeking to form community with them here in the northern suburbs, I asked him, Jeff, what, what, what do you do? He said, Mike, I'm just present and I love and I build a relationship. Then they trust. Yeah. And as, as they trust... They're ready for a journey of transformation. He said, but 
it's often a long journey. There are times when they're in the valley, but i still got to be there. There are times they're in a dry spot, i still got to be there. But I've got trust. Yeah. And I'm constantly pointing them to Jesus on that yeah. journey. Yeah, so I'm really hearing one of the big keys you said at the beginning was time. Time, You've yeah. got to slow down. Yeah. And you've got to take time for people. And then you've got to notice and, and, and then say hi. <laughs> and uh, it seems really basic, but I, I think we don't do those things. Yeah, this time and this, this pause to see the person in front of you is created in the image of God. But it's in all this brokenness. But see the person, not someone you're going to get part of a group, not someone you're going to be part of your disciple-making movement. That's all there. That's the Holy Spirit's work. But someone God's love, and you're there to give time to because you love them too. God loves them. And don't give up on them. Keep walking alongside Yeah, great. Them. Great. Yeah. And, and I think... Um, uh, we often feel time poor, but probably we are. Uh, we need to prioritize making space for God and others. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's a very good point because people tell me, with Luke nine, you know, I'll follow you wherever, but the comfortability was too strong in the guy's life. The other guy, you know, I've got to bury the dead, or he's responsible. He's got business stuff. He's very busy. And the other guy, my family's important. And I think no, those those excuses are not acceptable. Mm-hmm. When you know Jesus. Time, it belongs to Him. Everything you do is about Him. So we've got to learn to slow down. Mm-hmm. We've got to learn to pause. And so I walk with some guys every Friday morning. We just put in our diary. We're taking out, uh, there's, there's four of us now. We, we go for a walk and we have a coffee because we're thinking disciple-making, disciple-making. But we want to do it. So we just take half an hour to walk together. Yeah. Half an hour for a coffee. And all that that is doing, and we're present in a particular location. And then, okay, what's next? We're having a barbecue next. We've got a few friends we've now met in this location, and so forth. But it's taking time. It's it's the Ezekiel principle. You know, you take a few steps and the river rises, the river of God's life. Take a few more. It takes time. Now, of course, you could argue, but people are not responsive. Well, I spent 10 years in India. They weren't responsive. I just needed to spend time praying, seeking God. One little person of peace somewhere in the midst of all the millions. Praise God. <laughs> we leave, and then it was God's time to do something great. But he was also doing some great when we didn't feel something was happening in our time. Just be faithful, be persistent, be obedient, be there and love and trust God. Wow. I, I just feel really encouraged as I just sit here and talk with you, Mike, and just see the... the intentionality that oozes out of you uh, to to jump in and connect and make disciples and, and multiply that. But I see it's not um, primarily about um, a method like go and share these four points, but it's a, a relational response to people yeah. that represents God's heart. And, and you're jumping in and uh, that's, uh, uh, that's, both the easy part and the hard part, isn't it? It's 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 uh, the underlying message is to love people and to really love them from where they're up to and to care for the person right in front of you. Yeah, fantastic, Mike. Um, um, as as we um, finish this podcast, I, w- I wonder how you would encourage the listener 
and how you would encourage those who are who are on a journey of reaching out and making disciples and being a disciple themselves. Um, what what would be your comment to them? My, my encouragement to you would be to pause, uh, even after this little time of listening, the listener. How how well do we do it? And to learn to really abide that we're we're now to pause and abide in the life of Jesus. That means we need to listen to him. And Jesus himself said, go into your room, close the door, and your father who's in secret will reward you. That means we have a posture of listening. So so my strong encouragement is all of life flows out of hearing Jesus as he reveals the father's love that we are sons and daughters. Hear what he says about us. We are citizens of heaven on earth. We'll walk heaven everywhere. And we are royal priesthood, the Gethsemane Gap. But that all abides in our abiding in Christ. And recognize this. However weak, however inadequate, however even inferior you might feel to all that's happening. You hear the great stories. You say, who am I in all of this? You are a child of God. And not only is it about your identity in Jesus, but it's also about his identity in you. That changes everything. And just stay close to Jesus, stay close to the cross, step out your door, and you'll have the joy of seeing him work through you and connect you with people. And you'll be surprised in the way he does it. Don't rush ahead. Slow down and listen.